Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Courtside Convo, our first episode of the 2023-24 season, which is just around the corner. We've got a packed house <clears throat> here tonight um, oh, yeah. for you. Sir. It's a bunch of us, some familiar faces, some new ones, or voices, should I say. Um, I'm your host, AJ Evans. Uh, we're going to go around the table, do some quick introductions before we get right into it. So uh, we'll start with my guy, Sir Denick, on the left of me. Yes, sir. I'm Zach Sardinic. I'm excited to be on. Uh, back making some guest appearances here throughout the year, but you know I had to hop on for the prediction pod, man. You can't miss that because then when I get stuff right at the end, I can talk about it later. And yes, if I get sir. stuff wrong, I didn't make the prediction. That's how it goes. Uh, this is Martin. This is my first time on here. I'm really excited. Hopefully I'll be here on pretty consistently. Excited. What's your team? Detroit Pistons. Hey. Detroit <laughs> basketball. Yes, sir. Derek. How's it going, everybody? I'm Derek Mitchell. I'm glad to be back for another year. And um, I got to rock with the Pistons, man. Hometown team. <laughs> Bro, he just you switched up from two that. minutes before the Exactly. This. That's for my other prediction. We'll get into that later. But leave me alone, AJ. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'm Tim Marshall. Uh, I'm a sophomore here, and uh, I'm a Celtics fan. You guys might notice that eventually this podcast might just Yeesh. become the Bully Boston podcast, but we got to do that sometimes too. That's what happens when you give a guy $300 million. <clears throat> Wow. Okay. Well, I'm Joe Dez, also a Boston Celtics fan. Hoping to even it out a little bit with all the Pistons fans in the room. Big time. And I'm your host, AJ Evans. I'm a senior, major in journalism here. I'm sports editor at Impact. My team is uh, the Detroit Pistons. So, yeah, we're going to get right into it. Um, Let's take a quick look around the league, guys. A couple of seismic trades that I feel like have reshaped the landscape of the NBA, um, revitalized. I wouldn't say revitalized. I say rejuvenated the hopes of two teams from a championship perspective. Uh, let's start off with the biggest one. Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck. I still can't believe I'm saying that. Um, massive trade. Obviously, everyone knows Lillard held out. Not held out, but he made it very clear that he wanted to be in Miami. Uh, Milwaukee sort of emerged as a destination really, really late in the process. Uh, I think Chris Haynes was the first one to report it. Um, and then about 24, 48 hours later, he ended up a buck. So obviously, I just want to talk with you guys now that the dust has settled, preseason has started. What do you guys think about this move? And are the Bucks now the favorite to come out of the East? I'll start with, to my right now, Joe, with you. I think before the J. Rue Holiday trade, they were 100% the favorite. Now with them in Boston are probably tied, I'd say, for first. Because the fact is, Drew Holiday is probably the only player who can lock up Dame in the league right now. He's going to the rival. Top four, Boston is strong. The bench of Milwaukee is not that much better than the bench of Boston. It's going to be those two teams who run the East. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting uh, one-two punch. I think Milwaukee's a really good team. They obviously... They have the experience, uh, maybe a little too much experience. I don't know. Like they're a little, they're kind of an old team if you look at it. Uh, coming back with Brooke Lopez, who resigned in the off season, which is they would have been in real trouble if Brooke didn't resign. If he kind of went for a little bit more money uh, with a team like Houston, so I think I think Milwaukee's in a really good spot. It'll definitely between be between them and Boston to kind of decide the Eastern Conference. But yeah, they're in a good spot. I'm very excited to watch the East. Me personally, I mean, just <laughs> Dayton, Milwaukee is insane. That's going to be just a cool one-two punch. and But Drew Holiday is going to be a great defender going on that. Guarding Dayton, he's probably the only one the person that could do it, just like Tim said. But this is very exciting to watch, and I'm <laughs> ready to see that one-two punch and that Eastern Conference rival is going to be fantastic. This whole year is going to be great for the East. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait 
to see what the new coaches do to these teams to like give an official prediction. But as of right now, I think I'm going to take the Bucks. The high-end talent on the Bucks is just insane. I'm taking Dame and Dame and Giannis over JT and JB any day of the week, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I love Drew, by the way. I'm a big Drew Holiday guy, but let's not act like he's going to shut down Dame because he's not. Dame's going to get his. Dame, Dame fits too perfectly with Giannis. If you had to pair up two guys in the league, those might be one of your best pairings, if not your best pairing. I mean, I think that the Bucks are going to be really good. The question's going to be depth with them. What else are they going to have? And I agree with you, Tim, that they are a little bit older, a little bit slower. But at the same time, you're trying to stop Giannis coming down the lane, and then you're trying to stop Dame from shooting on a kickout? Good luck. Yeah, All the power to you. You're going to have yeah. to make hope one is off that day because if they're both going and the the rotational players can make like 35% of their threes, then they'll be in good shape. But that's the thing. Like, is Jay Crowder going to be able to hit threes? Is um, I'm for I'm Malik Bleat. Malik Beasley is he? He's going to chuck him. I promise you that. Like, he's he's gonna definitely going to chuck him. <laughs> um, so they there are some question marks with the other guys, but yeah, I mean, Dame and Giannis together is a scary pick and roll. Agreed. I think the guy that makes this team as dangerous as they'll probably become is Chris Middleton, because I think from a game plan perspective, not to say you can game plan for both Dame and Giannis, but when Middleton is on and he is as dynamic as we've seen him before. You know, he's a he's a three-level scorer, and he's a guy who's just always around. You know what I mean? I think I, his playing style doesn't mirror this guy, but he's similar, I think, to how Rip Hamilton was for those Pistons teams, just in the fact that he's always around. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit a shot here. He's going to hit a shot there, and then you're going to look up, and he's going to have either so anywhere between 20 and 25 points. And you're going to say, damn, that guy killed us. But it was more so like he scored four points each quarter or yeah, six points there. each quarter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think – Middleton is really going to be a difference maker. He only played in, I think, 33 games last season for the Bucs um, and was hurt most of it. But, no, it's no secret that this team is aging. I think in some ways you could argue, you know, the championship window is, is could be dwindling if, if they're not able to make some moves or if things don't work out within this next year or two. Um, and Giannis has made it clear, I think, within his last few comments, I don't know if you guys saw over the summer, like, he seems to be at least publicly entertaining the idea of leaving now, which we've never seen before. So going out and getting Dame was a home run swing. I do think it was the right move given the time period. You want a guy who's committed to winning now. There's, I don't think anybody that's hungrier in the league right now to win a championship than Damian Lillard. And I don't think Giannis is leaving now either. I think he's going to stay locked in because I think that group can win a title. Do I think they will? I don't know. I'm, I want to wait to see how that works and through. Also, Giannis, I know it's the preseason – but with a guy like Giannis and the way that he has improved every year, I don't doubt it. His shot looks a lot better than it did. And if Giannis starts knocking down threes, even at a 35% rate, good luck. I know you're shaking your head, Derek. You don't buy it. But when I'm you, not with the way he's progressed, I wouldn't put it past him to have continued. He has made a massive leap every year of his career. That's the next thing for him to grow on. If he does it, they're scary. No, and when you watch the Bucks too, I think Giannis's jumper from a statistical standpoint is not where it needs to be. But in terms of getting shots off, I think he does have a respectable jumper. That might be a hot take, but you do have to account for him. You cannot play completely off of him. Um, 
And same thing with his free throws. He hasn't shot that well percentage-wise, but at the same time, it's not like Shaq and 01 where it's like, you know, for, <laughs> you're 99% sure he's missing. Um, I Shaq do, always catching strays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but and his, his jumpers become a lot more cleaner, too. His mechanics have gotten right. a lot better over the years. So, yeah, this it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, big thing. If you look at Giannis's rookie season before he put all that weight on, he did have a jumper. He he did hit shots, and he has the whole thing with Shaq too. When he needs to hit his free throws, he hits them. That's just how it is. He doesn't miss them in the big moments. Yes, and I've always said that about a few guys like Jason, guys who especially guys who have struggled to shoot. Jason Kidd, LeBron James. There are certain guys that I think find ways to hit shots when they count. And mm-hmm. I don't just mean that at the end of games. I mean that if your team needs a bucket or whenever. There are certain guys that make shots when they count. And I think Giannis is slowly but surely becoming one of those guys. Yeah, I think a big one that people don't talk about as much is that little like push shot, hook shot that he has around the paint. Yeah. Because if you extend his range outside of like just layups to that, which sometimes it's hitting, sometimes it's not, when that shot is hitting, that makes him deadly because you can't you have to play up on him at all times and that's he, he could just spin around you and you can't stop that yeah and his turnaround jumper i think is, is making progress too so look out for Giannis, look out for dame look out for the bucks let's head a little further over to the east coast uh where hot take tim and joe des uh their <laughs> team made a big move um on the flip side former former milwaukee buck guard drew holiday uh was traded to boston um he was shipped actually to portland first and then immediately was traded to Boston. Or not immediately, a few days later. Um, but this is a big move. Seismic move, another one, like I said. I want to start with you, Tim, on this one. Talk to me a little bit about Boston's championship window now and, and what this means for this team. I think it's it's very interesting to see what they did. They kind of, When you look back in the last five years, their real defensive identity and the real like pride of the team was Marcus Smart and Rob Williams. Both of those guys are no longer there. But on the flip side, they traded in that pride and that integrity on defense for two all-stars in Kristaps Porzingis and Drew Holiday. So, and if you look at it, somehow Porzingis isn't 30 yet. I found that shocking that he like and you feels like an eternity ago that they booed him on draft night. Exactly. <laughs> but um him he got he re-signed for I think a 3-year deal once he came to Boston. Drew Holiday still has 1 year left, but there are also open to an extension. There's some Derek White extension talks. This team is locked in. Next year I I would be shocked if Jason Tatum doesn't take the same contract for probably a little bit more because of the CBA than Jalen Brown just took. So they, they're they willing to spend. The owner said they're going to spend. This is going to be the core for the next three, four years. It's not going to be the revolving door of Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving. It's going to be... I hope not. I think this is the locked-in core for the next three, two to three years. And now they have some regularity at coach. This is their first offseason with a their coach having a full off season since I want to say the bubble when Brad Stevens went in, into the bubble. Cause after that, then they went to Ime and now Joe Missoula. So I think it's, I think this is the first time they have some regularity and norm normality to their year. 
I got to agree completely with Tim. One big thing, Joe Mazzulla got the call that he was going to be coached like one week before the season. Everyone kind of forgets that for some reason. Yes. Eme, disrespect yeah. to the team. And again, Joe in there one week before the season. That's not recipe for success. One game away from making the finals. Made the finals a year before that. And everyone was talking about how Giannis improves every single year. Jason Tatum. Every single year has improved. 30 points last year, 9 rebounds almost, almost 5 assists. He's still 19. He's still 19. He's still got plenty of room to grow. <laughs> Young forever. But no, the big thing is people on Twitter are so fickle with their opinions about NBA players. Jaylen, about everything in life. About yeah. everything. That, everything. It's very true. But Jalen Brown, especially, everyone loves the meme now. He can't go left. He can't do any of that. One week before the Miami Heat series, people were saying he was the best player on the Celtics against Jason Tatum. Because mm. he might be. Because he might be. He might be. But, but, but then the player, that, that means that they have two players who are top in the league if he's better than Jason Tatum. The guy just averaged 30 points. I agree. I, I love yeah. I, I love that I, duo. I agree. I do have a little something to add about Brown. Take, but, but, <laughs> oh, you're rocking with it, Derek? I'm rocking with that a little All right. bit. I like it. I don't know. It's just, um, I mean, adding Drew Holiday to that mix as well is just fantastic. There's no way that there can't be, like, front runners to win it. But, I don't know. But outside of Drew Holiday, who's going to play defense? That's the thing that interests me with Boston. Mm. I love it, though, because Boston was like known as this grind defensive team. Tim kind of talked about this a minute ago. Now they're just going to outscore you because Drew Holiday is going to play lockdown defense. But Tatum's an okay defender, I guess. He's Brown's an okay he's defender, both I guess. They are, they're both plus, I'd say they're both plus yeah, defenders. And then you have they're Al not Horford. Like, they're not like all NBA defenders, though. You took was, two guys that were all that were all defensive team, team players. The thing yeah. is, and got I, rid of them. I they're going to outscore you. In terms of what both of those guys have done on defense, and I think this is what made Ime so special. And Tim, this is what you and I talked about. Ime, I think, had the ability to tell them, "You guys are great, but you are not as good as you need to be right now." And a large part of that is you buying in on defense. And I don't know if you guys remember, their defense took off in the second half of the season the lone year that Ime coached. Right. It was it was mm-hmm. terrific. He also made a really small adjustment that turned out to be huge in the playoffs, which which was he made Robert Williams a roamer from sideline to sideline, basically mm-hmm. from corner to corner. Mm-hmm. So he was in the middle, the dunker spots, and then he was contesting corner threes. And that unlocked a part of their defense that shook up the rest of the league. You have Robert Williams closing out <clears throat> on you for three-pointers, and then mm-hmm. you have him protecting the rim at all costs. But, no, I think... I do think last year, having watched them a lot, I don't know if the numbers support this, but I, I, I felt like their defense took a step back, just in terms of what we saw the year before, which was them really buying it at a high level. From, I, yeah, their defense was still... It did definitely take a step back from what it was in 21-22. But I think that more has to do with what the offense was doing. The uh, When you have a high a better offense, your defense is going to lack be a little bit more lackluster you're it's tough to do both really well they had they still had a top five defense last year and it was the offense if you look back to that miami series it wasn't the defense that um that brought them down it was their late fourth quarter game management right and if you now you don't have i love marcus smart but if he could have been one of the bigger problems coming down the stretch a big thing was you weren't getting Jalen Brown the ball in the fourth quarter. That's mm-hmm. bad. You can't be paying someone $300 million and play him in the fourth quarter. Marcus and Jalen, they were close, but they also kind of butted heads stylistically and on yeah. the court sometimes. I would agree. And I like this Boston team. Like, let me be 100%. I'm really excited to see what this team does. I just don't know on the 
defensive side of the ball if they're going to be what they have been the last couple of years. But I don't know that they need to be. And that's yeah. what I was saying. Their offense, right, like what you had just said, their defense is going to take a hit because their offense is going to be better. You add Drew Holiday, who is a very good defender, but is also going to be able to add more offensively, in my opinion, than Marcus Smart was. And then you add Porzingis, who is not the rim protector that Rob Williams was and is, but he's a much better offense player. He mm-hmm. spreads the floor more. You now are able to run a lineup where you've got Drew, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Kristaps Porzingis. They're shooting one through five. Yeah, and right. and you and if they don't ha- go with that lineup, they go a little smaller. You have the best blocking guard in the league in Derek White. They their top six, such an underrated player, Derek White. He right? really is, and everyone was making fun of D'Lo for saying that. That was like the only coverage Derek White got all summer, even though he's like a very quality player. He is, but he started in San Antonio, what and then he went to, to a backup <laughs> point guard in What's Boston. So, like, yeah, yeah, he's just kind of there, but he's good, but he's just kind of there sometimes. Fun fact, guys, I wrote an article for Fansided a few years ago where I proposed that the Celtics trade for Derek White at the deadline in return for Romeo Langford and a first-round pick. That's and that is wow. that is what happened. That, that's AJ insane, Evans, that's NBA insane. insider. I I do have a forget team. Woj bomb. I said There's what I AJ said. Bombs. <laughs> I, but no, I think I, I really do like the moves that the Celtics have made. I really like the Porzingis get. I like going out and getting Holiday. And and I would like to say too, from what I've seen in the preseason, you guys can tell me what you've seen. I think they've rotated on defense really well, which is impressive. And I think that's the sign of an experienced team because these guys haven't played together in terms of the starting five. So um, I like what I've seen. And also too, going back to the Porzingis thing, Porzingis is not necessarily the, necessarily the defender that Williams was, but he has the potential to be. And Yeah, you just have to get him to, one, be healthy, and two, want to play defense. Yeah, well, if we're talking I about am. health, the big thing is Robert Williams played 35 games in the regular season last year. Right. There was a lot of the season we just didn't have, and we finished with a top three defense. I don't think right. we're going to miss it. I, I'm the biggest Time Lord fan around. I wore a shirt all the time. I'm going to miss him. I don't think that is as detrimental of a loss to the team as he could have been. When we yeah. played the Warriors in the finals, the reason we got scored on so much by Steph Curry was the drop coverage from Robert Williams. We need to try something new now. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, I think a lot of people didn't think about Porzingis as a defender because he was on the Wizards, and they're like the least talked about team in the league. Right. But all the, at least statistically, all the statistics like pointed to him being an elite rim protector, like among the best in the league. But I do think that the loss of Ime, I remember seeing a few statistics that over last year, you could see like the Missoula, Missoula like washing away all of the coaching Emi had done. Their assists per game declined throughout the whole year last year because Emi had them playing like a really, really uh, shareable five out offense. And at the beginning of the year, they were still like doing what Emi had been having them do. And then by the end, it became a lot more individual based. And I think Part of that is what hurt them in the end. And I, I, I do think that has always been, and this is the last thing we can before we can move on, but I think that has always been the point of growth for both Tatum and Brown. Individually, both of those guys have been great, but I think there's always been the lingering question of, do, the, do these guys make each other better? Do they make everyone else better? And do they make everyone else better when it matters? You know, it's very easy to do that, you know, for two weeks straight in February, but... In a playoff series, are these guys able to get the most out of each other and the most out of their teammates, even if they both put up 30? Because as crazy as it sounds with the league that we're witnessing, you can have two guys put up 30 and still lose. Yeah, You still can. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, 
But I mean, I think there's a lot to like, and also too, I want to say this. I don't. I think Boston now, if there's a team that has to win, it, it has to be them. I think I don't. They think, do have the most pressure. Yes. for any team. Yes, I th- their front office. You are not going to get to retool your roster and remain competitive for much longer after this. I just I don't see it happening. I think they've gotten to do it for so long. You think about the window that they've had and the players that have come and that have gone. It's it's kind of insane to think about. And for us, I think it's pretty unprecedented when especially when you think about our generation and the groups that have stuck together. Um I mean, they they've had a door, I think of of guards that have come through, Terry Rozier, Kyrie Irving, uh Kimba Walker, you know, and, and a handful of other players that played a big role that, you know, have left so yeah, if if there's a team that needs to win now, I'd say within the next two, maybe three years, it's them. You got to get a chip with this group. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, there's definitely a shift in before when it was when Tatum and Brown were in the young wings, you needed a veteran guard to kind of level them out. But now they're the veterans; they're the ones making the max contracts. I think now is when you get the stability. The coaches bought in, GMs bought in, owners bought in. I also think coaching you have your own. Missoula is going to have his own staff this year. He had like half of Ime's staff. Damon Stoudemire yes. left to Georgia Tech in the middle of the year. That's when you saw a lot of those numbers start start to drop yeah. down. He brought in some good some good Cassell, guys. Cassell, Van Gundy. They they're going to have they're going to be a really good uh, team. And if you listen to his interview with uh, JJ Redick, he he basically admitted he was like, yeah, I forgot to preach defense in the second half because he he said. When he was playing, he was such a defensive-minded guy that he like he didn't think other guys would have to think about that. But he admitted that is something that has been a big stretch stress in this po- uh, this preseason. Absolutely. We'll now transition over to what I think is one of the more fun parts: predictions. Uh, we're gonna go around and just say our predictions, maybe give a quick reason, and then we can dive into why um, once we come back. But um, I'd also like to preface that I'm putting a lot of everyone pretty much on the spot. So for MVP, 2023-24 season, who do you have, Mr. Sardinic? I'll start with you. Start with me? Okay. I mean, I think there's obviously the Embiid Jokic. Um, I was going to say Giannis, but I think that Dame might steal some votes from him in Milwaukee. So I'm going to go with a team that I think might be better than people are expecting. And I'm going to go with Luka. I think that the Mavs get some stuff figured out. And I think Luka Doncic, when he is playing, and when the Mavericks aren't telling him you're not allowed to play because we want this draft pick, he's the best player in the league, in my opinion. And he's going to get it done. First MVP for Luka. My prediction, I think now that Jokic has won the ring and that it validates like all of his previous shortcomings due to his roster issues on the Nuggets with all the injuries. I think that not a lot of people are going to have an argument against him coming off of an incredible playoff run. And mm-hmm. I think his sort of underwhelming regular season scoring, I think a lot of people now they get it that it's just him trying to share the ball. They understand that now. I think it's going to go to him, but I think Tatum and I think Anthony Edwards are going to be mm-hmm. extremely Ooh. close. I think Anthony Edwards wow. is primed for breakout. The year of Ant? Question mark. Uh, I don't know if I see that, but that's a good take though. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with Jokic again. I mean, just 
if he comes back with the same like rock swinging and assist that he gets plus scoring 20 25 30 points a game i think it's a clear-cut favorite i mean he won last year he played so well he kind of showed everybody why he's one of the best centers and best players in the league so it has to go back to joker i just worry about voter fatigue that's the thing that i yes. and that's why i yeah. went with somewhere different is because I think people get sick of... There's a reason LeBron doesn't have a ton of MVPs. There's a reason that Jordan doesn't have... I mean, they have a few, but there's a reason that those guys don't have as many MVPs as they could. And I think that's because voters get tired of it. And so that's where I went. But I definitely could see it going back to Jokic, and I think he's going to have an argument as the best player in the league, but we'll see. If he were were to win, this would be his third... Third in four years. years. Third in four years, right? Okay, I, I agree with you, but I do think... Given what we saw with Steve Nash in the mid two thousands, given he, I think he was one vote shy of winning a third straight MVP. Um, I think this year could be a year where he wins one more, especially coming off the chip. And then next year, I, I yeah. give him no shot because yeah. of voters' fatigue. But the thing is, Luca has been. It's it's funny. Luca has been like the preseason favorite for like the past three years. Oh yeah. <laughs> every year something goes wrong, and it and it seems every year it's like eventually he's gonna win it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eventually he's got to. He's been the favorite for so long, but something always seems to go wrong. So I think it's also a very very likely outcome. Yeah. All right, is it me now? I am, hot take Tim. This is, incoming I, Jason Tatum call. No, yeah. I, I, right, we already see if it. We I, already see it. I mean. I'm not. I'm not that big of a homer. I'm not gonna go with Jason. Tatum. <laughs> no, don't worry. Joe Dash will say Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah. I also yeah, like. I want to say him. And will does he have a great shot? Yes. But I'm actually gonna go in a different direction. Uh, this is the team that I I love the most this year. I have the most expectations for. It's the Thunder with SGA. I think love SGA it. Can I love that. An MVP. Hot take. Tim is back. Thirty-one point four points per game last year. They're only going to be a better team. I think it, it, they weren't empty stats. They still won almost 40 games. I think I think this is the year for SGA. He he was an all-NBA. I I don't know if he I don't think he was first team, but I think he deserved first team all-NBA. I think Luka got He was got, first team. Was he first team? Yes. Okay. So I think he can with them winning more spotlight, hopefully more primetime games, SGA MVP this year. SG is actually a great pick, Tim. That, that one's really good. But I would love to say Tatum, obviously. But the big thing for Tatum, his teammates are too good. They're not going to give him respect, even if he puts up the stats that he needs. When you have four guys who could be all-stars, it's really hard to argue that way. And I would say Giannis, but as Zach said a minute ago, Dame possibly could take away from that a little bit. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, same exact thing as Tatum. Jokic, there's a little bit of voter fatigue. Zach mentioned that already. There's also the fact that there's a lot of narratives around the MVP. And because of the narratives... I would like to say Luca would win it, but there's also a chance Zion, if he comes back healthy, Ooh. if he comes back disgustingly good, when he played, there's a chance. He was yep. like a baby shack when he was playing. Out on the Zion MVP Have you seen the take. pictures of him this offseason, bro? I've been tricked. I, I'm, I'm believing Out that. on the Zion MVP <laughs> take. Tricked, I believe it. The only thing is, I think that I think that voters want to see at least like a like a conference finals run or something. That mm-hmm. That's the thing that's tough for me about SGA. We haven't seen him in the playoffs at all. Since like he was just like a like a starter on the Clippers, like in like eighteen nineteen or something, that's my thing. I I think that he is primed in the next few years to be like, you know, on the docket for those guys who are gonna be front runners. But not having seen him in the playoffs at all is like not even like a series is a real tough sell for voters. I mean, I I, I think it is, but also it's a regular season award, and if you look back and bead 
conference finals. It's, that's not there. If you go Jokic before his two MVPs, not really. Even Steph before his MVP, he wasn't a huge playoff performer. I think it's more they want something new, and that's why I kind of like Zion. I like SGA. I like all these Ant. I think Ant could be just kind of burst on the scene, and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy could win MVP. It's more of that than the the bronze, the KDs, the mm-hmm. guys who you know you're getting 28 from them. I think you need the guy with the star power. If you get the star power guy to win an MVP, I think that's big. Yeah, don't get me yeah. started on the Thunder this year. Just wait. I I am very oh, high on the Oklahoma City. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, oh, yeah, so absolutely. High I am too. I am too. It you know, it dates a while back, but I mean, I think an example of a guy who sort of got MVP and who, who sort of didn't maybe necessarily fit the criteria in terms of previous years was Allen Iverson. Like the answer. when you look at the year that he had, 2001, favorite player of all time too, by the way. But <laughs> when you look at the year he had, 2001, and you look at the previous years, I'm not I, – Philly definitely did not make it out the second round any of the, any of the years before. And – they broke through that year, but it doesn't even matter. It's a regular season award, but they started off the year going 10-0. and 0. I think everything clicked, and they collected all the hardware that season. But, you know, also, too, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that the standard has changed for what is expected. of The, the MVP used to go to the best guy on the best team mostly every year. There were a few guys who broke the mold or whatever, but I think Russell Westbrook winning it in, what was that? 17. 17? Yeah. Russell Westbrook winning it, I think, sort of opened the floodgates to – what we have now, which I think is more entertaining. It makes things more fun. But, you know, traditionally, it was always going to the guy, you know, who was on the best regular season team, predominantly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my prediction, I'm going to give you guys my prediction, and I'm going to give you a dark horse. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, his name has already been said, but I think, I think Tatum has a serious chance. I think, like I said, maybe I'm still thinking from like a traditional standpoint, but I think if everything clicks and Tatum comes out and averages, you know, an efficient 28. Also, too, given if I think if he buys in on defense and the Celtics are the clear-cut best team in the East and possibly the number one seed in the league, I think it could be the year that he wins MVP. And I think with with Tatum and Luka, for sure, those are the two definitive guys I can say. I think um, it's a matter of when, not if. I think both of those guys will win an MVP, possibly multiple at some point. It's just a matter of when everything clicks. I would love to guess Luca. Like, and Luca has been the guy that I think I've predicted for the last two years, but something always goes wrong in Dallas. And so, you know, at some point, you, at some point, you still have to win games. You know, it's really hard to be a 500 team and to be flirting with the MVP conversation. So, Tatum is my guy. My dark horse guy, though. Like I said, this is a regular season award, and I think this team could quietly be near the top of the east can i guess sure <laughs> donovan mitchell no can i guess that's I right think i know it. Guess. i was trey young no. there's no oh, chance no chance no chance apparently very high on the hawks no sir um, um all right we, can get to we gotta later, just yeah, all give I a guess know. now so right. young team high in the east i didn't necessarily say young but that's fair. I'm, good. I'm assuming you're not going to say Tyrese Halliburton. I don't think you're that high on the Pacers. No. But Halliburton's a dog. No. But I don't think you're that high on them. Um, who is Who else is in the East, if we're being honest? Don't say Jimmy Butler. You're going to say Jimmy Butler? Why not? I think they can win 50-plus games this year. They don't care in the regular season. Yeah, it's not yeah they don't. Nope. Why not? 
and he's not a stats guy. Like he could average a very efficient twenty-two. That's not going to win an MVP. Like he, mm, Jimmy is Jimmy's talented. Jimmy could put up twenty-five to thirty a game. I just don't he think he cares. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't want. No, to. they definitely don't care. But I'm saying if everything were to go, but that's the thing. I, I don't even think it's the fact that they don't care. Things have just gone wrong when you look at what's happened with their roster over the last few years. That's like, fair. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't think it's like a Clippers effect where they're half-assing till the playoffs start. They don't do right. that. The Heat. I'm I'm lower on the Heat than a lot of people, but that's oh, because yeah. I'm lower on Bam than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But um, I like Bam, but I think the Bam hype has gotten way too. I don't think Bam is a top 25 player in the no. NBA, no. and there are a lot of people pushing that. And I don't think that Jimmy and Bam are a top five duo in the NBA. No, and there were they, a lot of people that are pushing that as a top five, top three duo in the NBA, and I don't like it. They just win. Though. I mean, yeah, they do, but, it, they do but is this about the postseason? No, it's not. Or is it no. about the regular season? Wait, oh, no, no, it's not about the postseason. And they win in the postseason. They get it done. Those oh, guys but do. They... But that's in large part, I think, because of Coach Spo. Because I think yes, they have he's... one of the best, if not the best, coaching the NBA. Best coach. They still sure. show up, though. I don't know. Yeah. You got to give it to them. That's my you dark do. horse guy. I think he gets votes. Also, right. to another guy, I think the team is so damn loaded, but I think they it's in the West. I think Booker at some point mm-hmm. will at least yeah. mm-hmm. be in, in, in serious discussion for one. <laughs> hey, if things, if things go south in Phoenix, Here's, they're going to have to go real just south. Just on the air. <laughs> real south. Three seasons from now, Jaden Ivey and Book, Jaden Ivey and some picks for Booker sign and trade when his contract's over. Whoa. It's happening. Ivy's gonna have to be cold. I mean, yeah. I love Ivy. I mean, <laughs> if you look at like D'Angelo, D'Angelo Whoa. Russell wasn't the same quality player as Kevin Durant when they made that sign and trade. So the, yeah, but true. that was that was him forcing his way to Brooklyn and also Golden State trying to essentially do right by him. And they also, also D'Angelo also, Russell was a dog. Yeah, that he year. was that good. Yeah, he, he was yeah. all NBA. He was yeah. He was an all-star. but And also, too, I don't know if you guys remember, but I, I could be wrong, but Kevin Durant made them throw in another first-round pick, too. Yeah, to be yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, to sort of even things out, which didn't even even it out. They That was just Golden State doing right by KD. But all right, so MVP picks are in. Uh, this one could go by pretty fast, but I'm curious to see. Who wins Rookie of the Year? I'm going to go with the obvious pick, Victor Webanyama. I think that purely because he has the opportunity to be, like, the genuine GOAT, mm-hmm. they're going to give it to him no matter what he does. Unless he does not play the game requirement, I think they're just going to give it to him. It's mm-hmm. like how I, – I don't know. Have you heard, like, how uh, Melo was better than LeBron in some statistical categories their rookie year? And, he, like, Melo won some, all, like, the rookie all statistic, of the Pretty much all statistical categories. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And also, too, <laughs> okay. they, like, doubled their win total the, and they went to the playoffs yeah. in the Western Yeah, Melo was, Mello was you better. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, even though, like, Scoot, I think, has the – is probably going to be or maybe going to be more impactful or more uh, interesting to watch or something rookie year, I just think because he has the potential to be the GOAT, they're just going to give it to him. I'd love to see – I'd love to see Wemby get it, and I think there's a good shot at it, but – I think it, I think it's gonna be Chet. Chet's had a whole year to work in the NBA. It's that medical redshirt effect. Yeah, I, I think it's Simmons gonna be award. Chet, right? <laughs> Blake you Gri- said the Ben Simmons Award, the Blake Griffin Award. That's, that's the reason why Jason the Blake Griffin Award. Y'all are too young, that, apparently. No, I know, I know, but that's why Jason Tatum doesn't have an MVP or uh, Rookie of the Year because of. Ben you Simmons. mean you mean why Donovan Mitchell doesn't have a? Uh, <laughs> you mean why maybe. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have a Rookie maybe. of the Year? All right, let's get moving. Yeah, <laughs> let's get moving. It's gonna be Chet. In my opinion, um, I don't know. I like I like a man Thompson. I was just watching his preseason. Dude, game. I love He's the Thompson twins. Like, they're love so them. good to me. So good. Dogs. Such a good shot. Very very good defender players, and they're so athletic. Like just they if they can just score a lot and put up a lot of points, I got him. 
I got Victor. I think uh, foreshadowing, I don't think he's going to win this award, but he could have Defensive Player of the Year votes as mm-hmm. a 7-3, seven, or 7-4, however tall he is, just giant in the middle of the paint. He's guarding. He can guard the drop. He can blitz. It's kind of a crazy combo as a center. And obviously the offense, like it's just the start of it. I think the the big question with him is if he plays 65 games, which I hope he does because I think he definitely could win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, big problem for Weminyama is basically just the injury chance. He hasn't really had any big injuries. I'd be shocked if he does now. That's really the only thing that would take away from him. I locked eyes with Zach when he was making his take. I also am going to go with Chet. That's what I was thinking the entire time. His rivalry with Weminyama in just that preseason game was awesome to watch. I think he's going to be hard to go against him. The headbutt quote tweet was electric from uh, Chet. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but that was so funny. This is tough for me, and I've, I've grappled with it. You know, I think from what we've seen, just going off of what we saw from Blake and Ben, you know, an, a year of sitting out does a, a quote-unquote rookie a lot. It does a lot for a rookie. Um, both of those guys came back and they thrived, but more importantly, they looked really comfortable. I don't know if you guys remember, Ben, rookie year, I mean, he looked like he had been playing in that offense for five years um, until they got to the playoffs, and then he, he was still playing well, but you could tell it was his first time in the playoffs. But... um I think the only thing that's going to hurt Chet is going to be the fact that he's on a really good team. And so he's going to have to deal with the fact that he's not going to be the number one option. Wemby is the only option. Sorry, Kelton Johnson. Sorry, Devin Vassell and your giant contract. Wemby's the option there. Like, that's the option. But on the other side, uh, Chet's not the number one option in OKC. That's the thing I was going to say is that because Chet has a first-team All-NBA guy uh, with – um, Amen Thompson, the Rockets made a ton of signings. Um, They're just going to be in bad. Portland with Scoot. <laughs> I, don't know. I like them, uh, but you know they made a bunch of yeah. signings. They veterans. Yes. In Portland, they just got DeAndre Ayton. They have a lot of other great young guys. The only one Scoot's going to get some votes. Oh, he yeah. will. Mm-hmm. He will. They all will absolutely. But the only team that you will be able to measure the rookie, like the win total rising, as only a, a benefit of that rookie is the Spurs because they didn't make any other additions. Other than Victor, so if they go up by ten wins, you can say Victor Wembanyama specifically added ten wins to that. You can't really do that as much with the other guys because of either additions or just already being on great or more competitive or older teams. I would agree to that point. I do think though, with all that we have with analytics and stuff, you know, if the Thunder take off the way many people are expecting them to, and Chet has a great year we are going to be able to see exactly what he's doing that's contributing to them winning, which could be a lot from what we've seen in the preseason because he's special. And so from that standpoint, I th- I think that's where his value could go up in terms of getting votes. But for me, I'm, I'm just going to go with the, the standard choice. I, I think Victor gets it. But I, I do think it's going to be a lot closer um, than people think. So let's uh take a look. Who's on the other side of the ball? Who's going to win Defensive Player of the Year? Derek, I'll start with you, if that's um, okay. That's fine, yeah. I think it's Drew. I mean, he's going to have a lot of the, the defensive slack on the Celtics this year, and he's going to have to like lock up a lot of the best guards, and it's going to show his skill and it's going to show his talent a lot. So we're going to see him in a bunch of deep playoff runs, locking up a bunch of different guards. So I think it's just going to be Drew for that reason. He's going to have to show his chops this year, and I'm excited for him to do it. I'm going to go with uh, – this is probably my – the most confidence I have in a pick, I'm going to go Evan Mobley 
Wow. They, I, I looked this morning, he's actually second favorited to do it behind uh, Jaron Jackson. So I think. Shout out Triple J. Yeah. Former Spartan. Always Sir. Spartan. And uh, so the Cavs are probably going to have one of the best defenses. Not even best defenses, but they're going to allow the least amount of points just by the way they play the game pace-wise. So if you look at that, that, that'll that lead to a lot of good defensive numbers, and then you're going to look who's the best defensive player. He does kind of have some competition with Jared Allen, but I think also they sharpened up the wings a little bit, so there's more defense on that side. I think Mobley's the go-to guy for a defensive player. I'd love for Drew Holiday to win it. That's not who I'm going to pick, though. Evan Mobley could definitely see that. Jared Allen definitely will be a little bit tougher on his case when you're comparing the two because they're going to be a duo instead of just a single guy. Zach's not going to be the biggest fan of this. I'm going Bam out of bio. He's one of my favorite defensive oh. players to watch. His switchability, perimeter defense, he's able to do it all around the floor. I think it's going to be Bam. I love Bam. I just want to say that. I Like I said, <laughs> I like Bam. I just think it's gotten too too much. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of Bam when Bam was like underrated. <laughs> and was one of the best underrated guys in the league, and I loved Bam. Now I feel like he's overrated, and I just, I don't know. I think the I fact think... he got the 20 points per game is what got him overrated. People yeah. saw that number. Now they're acting like he's going to be one of the top guys. He's still a defensive dog. He's just he not is. that good on offense. Yeah, right. I mean, he's just not a top 25 player in the league. And it's not even, I don't even think he's bad on offense. When you look at what he does for Miami, he does literally a little bit of everything. And we say that about so many guys, but he mm-hmm. actually does it. Like, he can get a block shot and then come and set up the offense and not just like take his guy one-on-one he can actually set up the offense and then you can put him in the post you can put him in the dunker spot he just finds ways to make plays but anyways i'm going jaron jackson jr all right triple j is another one gunning. i think he is the best defensive player in terms of blocks right now and that's the number that normally wins dpos even well now they're gonna he's gonna have to play fair and square now that they caught him with all those stat stuffing uh Homer Grizzly oh. uh, statisticians. <laughs> yeah. Just set it to, yeah set it. He's he's gonna be fine. Yeah, no, I, he's I gonna, think that was I think he's <laughs> yeah. He's I think they, they proved that to the, be false, the Reddit, but the Reddit warriors out yeah. there. Um I think he's gonna be okay. I think that they're gonna be I think that he's going to have to take even more of a spotlight with Ja out for a while. I think that it's gonna be an interesting spot. If not him, I do think Weminyama's gonna get some votes, uh, like you said, especially if he does have a big year. But, you know, we'll see. I, I'm going to go with the favorite there on that pick. I won't go favorites for everything, but I'll go with the favorite there. I got two guys. I, I hate to keep doing this, but I'm going to give you one more dark horse. But my guy that I, I'm picking, um, with the offensive low being taken so much off of his hands, he's going to have to exert his energy elsewhere. I don't think he's going to take plays off. I think Giannis yeah. is going to win. I like that. Um like I said, this will be interesting to see just because, I don't know, he's never played with somebody who's been this great before. Um, and I think the backcourt of him and Middleton will just, like I said, it's going to take a lot off of Giannis's hands on offense. And Giannis has talked a lot about letting Dame be Dame. Well, there are going to be a lot of nights where you can let Dame be Dame and where you can dominate defensively. And like I said, I don't think Giannis is the kind of guy that's going to say, ah, you know, I can take a playoff here or there. No, I think Giannis is just going to put his energy elsewhere. And I think that could be really beneficial to the Bucks because it could go towards rebounding, defense, doing you know the extra things that they'll need. So, I think he wins DPOI. My dark horse, though, I'm gonna catch a lot of flack for this, but Ben Simmons. I like Ooh. it. I like the pick a lot. Oh, we'll get to Ben Simmons in a little bit, yes. I think. But I, I like that pick. Yes. Uh, 
Brooklyn has, you know, a lot of options, and I think it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I like how they've used him so far in the in the preseason, but he's not going to have to be the primary facilitator if, if he doesn't need to be. And even if he is, you know, there are going to be guys who are going to be able to take care of scoring, but Ben should be defending his ass off this season. Excuse my language. He should. Like, and with his size, his length, his IQ, there is no reason uh, that he can't lead the league in, in steals per game. Um, so I, I even not to say that's a gateway to winning the award, but I think he could be the guy to win DPOI this year. I'm gonna make some picks. I'm everyone's like all the front runners have been shouted out, and they're probably more likely to win it than these guys. But I'm gonna make two two big dark horses. For one, I don't think Ben Simmons is the best defender on his own team. I think Nick Claxton is better. I think and you I could think also Nick make the Claxton. argument Michael Bridges is better. Yes. I don't know about that. But what? Nick Claxton. Excuse me. Wow. I love Michael Bridges. <laughs> yeah, but like not better than Ben Simmons on defense. But uh. Nick Claxton is he is basically like a like a Evan Evan Mobley type guy where he's gonna be that huge long roamer, make a lot of really, really good help plays. And on top of that, if I'm remembering correctly, he played a ton of games last year. He was really just productive. My dark horse, like my ultra dark horse, um, is going to be Aaron Gordon. Whoa. I think wow. that him making all the defensive stops for a championship run I brings like a him. lot of attention to him. Because nobody talked about Aaron Gordon, but nobody. a whole championship run, he was the guy who was taking the best offensive player every game, every night, all night for a whole championship run. And I think it brought a lot of attention onto him. I think he's going to get votes. I want to talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon just for two seconds. Oh. I just want to rant. Like, you know. Absolutely. This guy was drafted by the Magic and was viewed to expected to be like a franchise cornerstone. That never worked out. And he has thrived in this role. Like, AG, I think, is as valuable as any other guy, like, on, on any team. As it, it, Once you get away from the superstars, of course. Like, what he does for – I think he has a similar – I was talking about Bam. He has that similar effect for the Nuggets. Like, especially when you look at what he did in the playoffs. Like, he was just everywhere. On both sides of the ball, like, and he was just making good plays. He was facilitating their offense at points, and he's he's tough as nails. I, I like that pick as yeah. well. Yeah, I think it was really interesting because watching him in Orlando, you can see that the talent is there, but they were just kind of overstretching him. Like it, yeah, it, I it mean, clearly, Orlando's he just wasn't a mess. meant for a number one role, <laughs> but yeah. the way he fits in on the Nuggets is just like watching him in that playoff run. Like, no, it's not the blocks or the steals that were like the heavy numbers. But you could tell he was giving Jimmy Butler work. Like, he was shutting him down nearly at points. He was doing the same to LeBron or whoever he was taking in that Lakers series. The whole championship run, he was just playing great on-ball defense, great help defense. It's great. Absolutely. All right, we're almost at the end of our individual award predictions. I'll start with Joe Dez for this one. Tell me who wins sixth man of the year. Six man of the year is tough. Malcolm Brogdon, he's not going to win it again this year. He's on Portland Trail Blazers. I don't, I don't see that happening. To be honest, I don't think the Celtics have a guy who's going to be on there. This is one award I haven't really thought about too, too much this year. Bucks don't really have a guy who's. Re- What's crazy? Lakers. Who would they be their six man this year? Who would it be? I don't awesome? think it's going to be anybody that would win. I don't think it'll be Reeves. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start Reeves. Yeah, Gabe Benson. That's true. Yeah, that's actually not going to be Lakers. Yeah, that one's tough. Sixth year man of the year, I have really not given too too much thought to. I, I might need you guys to come back to me in a minute. Back, we'll, back, we'll, we'll come back to you. If it's all right, can I jump in? Go ahead. Because I think I got a guy. 
Emmanuel quickly. Uh, that's that I was, was my that's answer, mine yeah. as well. He is. Yes, sir. He is, I'm sure, the favorite I'm looking at. Actually, he's not the favorite. Well, he's tied for the favorite. And the other guy oh. that they have is the favorite I really actually like a lot. Oh. Norman Powell Ooh. in L.A. Uh, the, both those guys are plus 900. Then Malik Monk in Sacramento Shout at plus Malik. 1,200. Yeah. Yeah. Oh then Brogdon. Then Chris Paul. I was going to say. And Buddy Heald. Chris Paul is a sleeper. CP3, six man of the year. If he has like 10 and 10 kind of season off the bench, like that would be like... Buddy Heald's another sleeper pick, though. I don't hate Buddy Heald as a plus 1,900. He's been on the trade block so much, I would be surprised if he goes from a bench roll in Indiana to another bench roll somewhere else. I feel like he might get traded and then he's starting. That's kind of what took quickly away from the award last year. He started too many games. Yeah. He had better stats than Brogdon, but he just started too much. Yeah. I love Quickly's game. He's a he's good. Real good. Yeah, I, I realize I completely forgot about this. Bobby Portis. I said the Bucks had nobody. Bobby Portis is pretty obvious pick right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I have some thoughts on Bobby Portis, but we don't have time for uh, that. He's Bobby more of a Portis stats thoughts. player than Impact oh at points. Yeah, we I don't can... have time for the Bobby Portis talk tonight. All right, Derek, give me yours if you got one. I miss a Bobby Portis. I'm going to rock with that. <laughs> I'm going to rock with that. I like okay. Bobby Portis. Fair enough. Ain't nothing right. wrong with it. All right. Fair enough. I got one. I think that I think that Rui Hachimura is going to make a mm, big jump. I was especially about that earlier, because. Too. The Lakers this year are going to take a big jump at the regular season wins, having a full season with the updated roster. And I think that people saw how productive he could be. Like, I mean, he was in and out of the rotation series to series. Either way, he had a lot of big moments. He won them some games, and I think he's going to be great off the bench. Another one, I'm going to make another crazy Nuggets dark horse pick, is um, uh, Bruce Brown. Bruce, I think he's legend? No, I... Yeah, he's on Indiana now. No, yeah, he is no, on Indiana. Wait, not, do you mean Christian Brown? Uh, Christian Brown. Yeah. Oh, I mix okay. him up. Yeah. But I think that now that the Nuggets kind of like they got rid of uh, Bruce Brown and um, Danny Green, he's gonna kind of move into like their 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 prime premier six man, and I think they're gonna be another one seed. So I think you know the six man on the one seed again is always gonna be up there, especially as a second year guy. He'll take another leap too. All right. I feel like Malik Monk is an underrated option just because the Sixth Man of the Year award traditionally is just the best guy off the bench that gets buckets. Yeah. And Malik Lou Monk Will. comes in yeah. and he gets buckets. <laughs> Lou Will, Jamal Crawford. Yeah, like those guys just come in and get buckets. And that's what Malik does. That's what Norman Powell does, yeah, which is why Clipper, I love Clippers Norman Powell. Maybe there. I, yeah. I feel like it's always just the Clippers Sixth Man. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Same Facts. with uh, Tyler Hero. Like he's just like. He just comes yeah. In off Are the they going to start him though? I, th- I think they will so. because they he, lost Max Struess and yeah. all of those guys as well. He better start with the contract he's getting. Okay. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. But that's why you want it. He's right. Just, just getting buckets. Oh yeah, when he did win. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, our last one: Who wins Most Improved Player? The favorite for this is hilarious to me. I don't even know who's the favorite. The favorite is Miles Bridges. Oh. I believe. Is he gonna even no, I'm gonna play? I'm gonna fact check it one more time, well, but no, I swear I just saw it. It's not. It Maybe McCall Bridges. It's McCall Bridges. It is McCall Bridges. Yeah. Miles is in a different. Say. Miles somewhere else. I, I thought I saw it. And I was like, there's no way. I don't. I was like, there's no way. Michael Bridges, I agree with potentially, but I don't think he's my pick. But we can go to other places first. Maybe we start with me. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You know what? I haven't even looked at the odds. I'm trying to Google them now, but I have a guy. in Make the Homer pick. I'm going for the Homer pick. Oh, here they are. Yeah. There's the odds. 
Yeah, and they had one person that I had in mind. I don't think he's going to get it just because um, he's coming off of injury. But Here it comes. I got two guys. I got two. Both in the East. But Cade is is a guy that I think you have to at least flirt with the idea of, especially if he comes back and he has the year that he, that everyone's expecting to have, at least in Detroit. Cade is a dog, man. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Cade is that dude. I don't... I, I hear a lot of disrespect amongst national writers, like, you know, he's great, but I don't know if he's a top fifty top. I, to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. Whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> Cade is a dog, like, and I, I've shout out JMO. JMO and I have talked a lot about this. I think Cade can be to the Pistons what a guy like Prime Brandon Roy was for the Bla- for the Blazers. Mm. Not in terms of their playing style, but just in terms of this is a really, really, really good basketball player that you can build a championship-caliber team around. Mm-hmm. Wherever you want to rank them, top 10, top 5, 15, 20, I, who cares? They're going to win, and he's going to be at the centerpiece of whatever they're doing. Dog. Yeah, I think Cade is that kind of guy. Um, so he's somebody that I think you know people need to look out for the, in terms of that award. But somebody else who's been pressing, and I, I picked him a, two years ago, but I think now, especially with him having more freedom in the backcourt, I think Gary Trent Jr. could be in. Ooh. I think he could be in line for a breakout year. He averaged 17 a game this season, which could be a little too much to garner like most improved player. But I think if he comes out and just puts up buckets, which I think he very well could, especially given the fact that they're a little bit thin at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, they just went out and got Grady Dick, but I don't think he's going to be ready yet to step in. Um, I, I think Gary Trent Jr. could be in line for a breakout year. Trent has always reminded me a lot of what early Bradley Beal was. Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think, I do think he has the potential to be that kind of guy. It's just a matter of the right pieces being around and, you know, him taking another step forward. So that's who I would say is my pick, and Cade is a close second. I think for me, I got to go to Tim's pick for defense player of the year, Evan Mobley, could take that jump. He has been waiting for it for years. Same draft class as Cade. Could definitely see that. Rui Hachimura, I'd also throw in there. Mm-hmm. He, we, we talked about him a six man of the year earlier. There's a chance that he's just going to be disgusting. When he was in the playoffs, he was one of the starters for the Lakers at points. He was locking it down. He was scoring buckets. He was a good player. So I'd say Rui as well as Evan. Uh, the way I'm looking at this is... I think third-year jumps, kind of like Evan Mobley or Cade, I think that's a big uh, factor. I'm going to go with uh, a guy who has a new coach that can really fit his system. I'm going with Alperin Sengun out in Houston. Love that If pick. you look back. Whoa, I love it too. Because if you look back to – because now with Ime as the coach, if you look back to that finals run, they would play Rob Will up at the point sometimes. Or not at the point guard, but like at the top of the key. Yeah. And he could he would make one or two really good passes a, a game yeah. from there. Sangoon would thrive in that spot. I think if they kind of go away from, obviously you're gonna have uh, Van Fleet facilitating a little bit, but maybe get the ha- the ball out of the hands of Jalen Green a little bit. And if some of those touches can go to Sangoon, he can average because he only averaged about 14, 15 last year. If you can get that up to like 19, maybe I think 20 is a big mark. Obviously. That's when you see a huge jump. Because he does all the other things well. If he can get maybe seven, eight boards, four or five assists, that's a quality jump, and I think that would be a big improvement. Absolutely. Um, I have two picks this time for most improved. I'm going to have to rock with Cade just because he's going to come back to Detroit. 
coming up that injury is a lot of expectations in Detroit around him and he's just going to be a dog he's going to be so good he's going to facilitate a lot score a lot of points I'm, I'm I'm sensing 17 to 20 points a game for him and I think he's just going to carry this offense and do a lot in Detroit I'm thinking 22 I'm rocking with 22 22 and 8 <laughs> 8 dimes hey I like again dimes. I'm going to make the homer pick just for the homer pick I, I think it's going to be you know 23 8 and 6 or something Wow, mm. like that's I, a dog year. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I, it's a homer pick, but right. I'm are you still gonna put him top seventy five then when he's he, putting up twenty eight? Yeah, no, <laughs> he's, sorry. He's exactly the prototype that we watch from from Luca. He's like a mini Luca as far as a skill set. But the other pick I have is Jordan Poole. He did the thing is he does have the downside of already having like you know the like a championship run where he was very productive for them, being like a number two or three on a championship team. Mm-hmm. But so does Mikhail Bridges to the finals. And he's number one on odds. And I think now that you give Jordan Poole the reins to a whole team, they're going to have him chucking 25 <laughs> shots. <laughs> that team is going to be such it's, a disaster to watch. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun, though, because you yes. just get to watch Jordan Poole just huck up shots all night. Him and Kuzma are both going to average 30 shots a game. Not 30 points a game, nope. 30 shots a game. Shots a game. Yes. That's how insane that is going to be with those two guys. But I love the Jordan yeah, Poole pick. I was going to go into a very similar spot with I'm him. I'm on the whole train where he's going to be like a like a James Harden type where everyone sees the talent on him where he's playing as a six man on a contender. But then, you know, once he gets traded, he gets to run wild. So I'm 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 in a- This is not like my original take, so I can't take credit for it, but I am going to repeat it here. Jordan Poole could lead the league in scoring next year. Like, he wow. very possibly could because he's going to be shooting so much. Same role as Bradley Beal. Yeah, like, so he could win a scoring gonna, yeah. title this year in a very, like, realistic situation. He that could average 30 play, a game. Yeah, because that team's going to play no defense. It's going to be up and down the floor. Whoever scores 130 wins. It's going to be him only, and Kuzma. My only thing is, Poole is so, so streaky. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... But he's going to get to the line, and he can make free throws. And yeah, for most improve, you don't need to be super consistent. You just right. need to show growth. Oh, yeah. No, like, for yeah. most improve, me, I'm talking, talking about, about, I'm talking about winning the score. Like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and also, too, like, as great as he is, when he inevitably puts up, I don't know, four, four. shots, yeah. four or five shots a game, where it's like, what in the hell are you thinking? Are those going in? I don't <laughs> think so. Like, uh, so... I mean, sometimes Jordan yeah. Poole's shots when it's the one oh, yeah. yeah. no, yeah. Sometimes there are going to be nights where it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's on fire. And then there are going to be other nights it's like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, so. yeah but that's the Jordan Poole experience. Yep. But that was also... But I don't know if a guy like that leads the league in scoring. I think the thing is just it based could. on shot attempts. Right. Like not, yeah. not on the fact that he will lead the league in efficient scoring or no. good scoring. <laughs> Definitely like not scoring. that. Not, not, not like yeah. productive scoring, but like... Yeah. He's got so many shots to take. That's good. The like, league is going to be pissed and the, if Jordan Poole <laughs> leads the league in scoring by just jacking up shots. The other thing is, hey man. I think that Amen. I think that Embiid game is going to like slow down a little bit. Just now that he has his MVP, I think he's got a little bit less of a chip on his shoulder to win that award. And I think that he's going to be saving himself for the postseason a little more and not not trying to vie for that award so hard. Fair enough. All right. So, real quick before we move on, I was looking yeah. at the odds, how to bring this player up. Franz Wagner just has been so good every single year, improving every single year. I could see him getting pretty in there. Zach does not like that. Day. No, he definitely could. <laughs> I like Franz a lot. I think if Bancaro is good with him, if they start combining, they end up winning some games, yes. maybe fight for the play-in, you could see Franz Wagner on a lot of lists. Bancaro is a young Carmelo Anthony. 
You also could see like Bancaro on that list. That's a that's a that, strong take. But mm-hmm. yes, I could see Bancaro on a lot of lists the too. The only though. thing for most improved is giving the rookie of the year the year before most improved. They, I was gonna say they just did it. <laughs> I, I I did. I know yeah. you can do it. I I don't know personally. It doesn't mean you I have to like it. Yeah, why is they that just a crazy did take? It. Why is that a crazy take, Zach? On it's just a I didn't. It's oh. just a big take. Like oh, yeah. it's a it's high praise. Oh yeah, Young Mello. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. high praise. Oh yeah, He's I saw that guy. I saw Jalen Duren was up there too, as far as odds. And I that's another guy that could I like jump. That. Yes, mm-hmm. man. Shout out the Pistons. Also, man. Tyrese <laughs> Maxey. Yeah, Maxey's yeah, 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 yeah. This, this, this relies definitely. on the Harden trade. But if Harden gets traded, I think Tyrese Maxey immediately becomes the front runner because he was so good in the preseason, great in the playoffs, and he was great last year. But if they're making him number two now, fantastic. The only thing Anthony is, Simons is another guy. That's too. a guy yeah. I love. Yeah. The only thing with Maxi is he averaged over twenty. It's he'd right. have to average like twenty six, yeah. twenty seven to yes. really get there. I love the. I think he would take a huge jump and be like he could get to like fringe All Star level if n- no Harden. So I think that is a good pick in theory. But I just I don't think the stats will jump enough to Sorry. win it. Shout out Maxi, man. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're almost reaching the end let's uh get into western conference and eastern conference finals predictions we'll start off in the west which is loaded um anybody want to take this first because this is a a loaded question do you want the like the matchup or the the winner of the west just who's coming out both Uh, two two teams and the western conference finals and then who wins two teams in the finals i think it's gonna be another rematch of last year. I think the only reason I'm not taking the Suns is because I don't think you can get that far in the West running Yusuf Nurkic as your starting center <laughs> when you have Jokic and Anthony Davis to deal with. Jokic and Anthony Davis will eat on Yusuf Nurkic's watch. The Nurkic slander like, is wild. Okay. That's wild. He's, like, for he's like a bottom 10 center in the league. Bottom he's 10? Whoa. 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 Nurkic is not great. Nurkic is not like spectacular, but Nurkic can still play. He, no, and he not. can he can play some defense. He's a start. Okay, maybe maybe under in the Suns he gets more motivated or something. I don't know. Maybe Aiden my, gets more motivated. Oh yeah, are Aiden, you kidding me? My favorite mm-hmm. thing in the NBA last year was just trying to guess which night DeAndre Ayton would remember that he was seven feet tall and actually <laughs> wouldn't get like yeah. that dude. Not me. Whenever he realized, hey, I'm a seven footer and I'm good at basketball, he was outstanding. But other times he'd just kind of be there. But like DeAndre Ayton is a dog. When he is locked in, he's one of the best centers in the NBA. Yeah. But he's just never locked in. Yeah. Hot take here. But he's gonna uh what what do you say? Dominating in right. Portland. <laughs> Hot take here, like this is and this will be really quick. I I never understood or could wrap my head around why in the world a young center could want out of that situation. I I'd I understand maybe he clashed with some of his some of his teammates or whatever, but that was the most ideal situation for Aiden. I don't know if you guys know the backstory, but he grew up in Arizona. He went to the University of mm-hmm. Arizona, was drafted by the Suns. He and D Book were obviously you know two guys on that team when they were really bad. This team takes off, and he was still a guy who was like a sixteen ten type of guy. He just never took that step forward, but he always seemed to be unhappy. And now he's out of Phoenix, and I. To this day, I still don't understand it. I don't understand how you could want out of a situation like that. I think that's super convenient. And I don't know if he wanted more freedom or if he wanted more of a role, but you're not going to get much more of a role in Portland because 
they have a backcourt that they're keen on building around. And obviously, Aiton is a part of what they're going to do, but it starts with those two guys running the one and the two mm-hmm. in Portland, just like how it was in Phoenix. So, yep. But uh, to finish up my, because uh, I, yeah, I, I'm that. sorry, I didn't know. I forgot what we were doing about. I almost forgot what we were doing. Uh, the Lakers. Um, I I just see them being a great team. I think they have several guys who can take another jump. Like I think Vanderbilt, Rui, and Reeves. You can all expect to be a little bit better this year, given they will have a whole season for the role. I think that now that they have a whole season to play this roster and they didn't have to be grinding for wins near the end, they're not going to be so exhausted. Uh, I think that hurt them. I think LeBron playing on a foot that's not torn in half uh, will, <laughs> yeah. will work out for them well. Because, um, I don't know, he's he's going to be 39, but he's an Iron Man, Dude, I don't know. He'll probably be a lot better than he was in the conference finals last year. And the Nuggets are the Nuggets. They have the best player in the league. They have an incredible fit i don't think there's any like i mean it's pretty obvious and i just i'm still doubting on the suns but i think that there is a real possibility that they will be in it Mm -hmm. i mean i think the suns speak for themselves like the roster is just talking to me i think they have to kind of be considered for it (laughs) did you say the roster is talking to you (laughs) no i'm saying it speaks for themselves bradley beal Nah, you said you said that roster is talking to me okay 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 (laughs) Oh, what's it saying? Weird. Yeah, what's, what's it, it, it saying? Is it saying is we're gonna win the West? I think it's saying we can, we're gonna win the West yeah. against who? I mean, Denver. I think okay. they could beat Denver honestly. Phoenix and Denver. Kevin Durant is whispering sweet nothings in your ear. Oh, Whoa! Yeah. Hey gonna, yo! Is, no one's in here is ever gonna hold me down to this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Right. But those are my picks. I think Phoenix. Full is stop. Get it. All right, Phoenix All and right. Denver in the West. All right, Tim. How about you? I'm gonna go with the conference finals that was promised back in 2019. After the big offseason, L.A., Battle of L.A., I think the Clippers, if healthy, could compete. And I think the Lakers could also compete. I think those are two teams that could really have a great battle in the West. I'm going to go with the Lakers in seven in that series. It's going to be five years in the making, but we're finally going to get it. I love it. I love it. Not gonna go battle of LA. I am gonna go battle of California, though. Almost wish I brought up Keegan Murray for our most improved player. I'm gonna go Kings versus Lakers. I promise that. Ooh, that's good. I'm thinking the Kings are gonna go there. I think it's gonna Woo! be Lakers get to the finals. I'm messing with that. That would be a blast. I'm gonna present another series that uh, I mean, some people probably won't like, and this is either definitely gonna happen or very much not gonna happen. Uh, but I'm gonna go Warriors Suns. That would be. Fun. I I that think blast. I think that. The Warriors, with the chemistry issues they had last year and Jordan Poole being gone, I think they're going to be better. But the reason why I say it's either going to happen or definitely not is I don't know what in the world's going to happen with Chris Paul. Um, no, he's going to be – yeah, but, like, they're still really good. Steph's still a top-five player in the NBA. He's going to get buckets. He's going to make plays. And then you have Clay Thompson, who randomly goes for 50. I saw a video about, like – the best NBA players of all time. And it was a joke video, but uh, it had it number two was Clay Thompson three nights a year. <laughs> yeah. And like, he just, he's going to get you, give you buckets. And he can give you that at any time. You never know when he's going to go off. Chris Paul can help their young core, I think. I don't think this team's going to be at its best if Chris Paul's like, I'm going to be a starter and I'm going to play all the time. No. But he can help that young core. Kuminga's good. Moses Moody is starting to step up a little bit. 
I like some of their pieces, and you still have Steph Curry. I've I've got a feeling that they can get it done. Kevon Looney is extremely unre- underrated yes. inside. You're yes. talking about the centers in the West. He can yeah. hang with some of those guys, not oh, on the offensive can, end. He can hang with but, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so rebounding, right. just yeah. and so yeah. that's that's my thing. I'm gonna go Warriors versus Suns yeah. in the Western Conference Finals, just, and give me Phoenix in seven, maybe. But also, Ooh. I kind of want to pick Golden State. I just right. pick I think State. that um, <laughs> I think that. Another one, a player that was not mentioned for most improved, but I think is primed, Jonathan Kaminga. He's showed yes. it for yep. so long. Everyone knows he's got he's got the talent, he's got the ability, mm-hmm. and this year they got that. And they also have um, their whole roster back. Um, I'm I'm blanking right now. Guy that was injured last year uh, on the Warriors, which was it? Wiggins was out Wiggins. for a lot of the year. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, Wiggins. Okay. Wiggins was injured stuff. a lot, so I'm yeah. I'm down with that because if they have if they have Wiggins um, and all the rest of them back, and I think Chris Paul help a lot. So I like that. Hottest take maybe of the podcast. Um, real quick, his name was mentioned. I saw this on Twitter, and I I can't take credit for it, but I do want to say it. I think Team USA and the Olympics could really, really benefit from having a guy like Looney. I, I agree. I, That's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. He That's fits well interesting. In the FIBA style too. You know what I think it is? I think it's that uh, Jaron Jackson is very used. To playing with Stephen Adams, who is an incredible rebounder, and is like, he's he's meant he's not he's not rebounding on the Grizzlies. He just doesn't play like that. Like he does, but he doesn't play like that. And so when they put him in that role, and they're like, we need you to play center, like where you're just the the big block center, and you're gonna rebound, you're gonna do all this. He didn't know what to do, and Wiggins is exactly what they need. He's just a rock in the paint, and he's an incredible rebounder. So I agree. You talking about Looney? Looney. Oh, yes, Looney. I, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I'm sorry. Looney Tune. That's what I always say. But no, I I think he's a guy that could they could really benefit from having. For um, can I just clarify one thing with my prediction? Yes. If Harden goes to the Clippers, totally out on it. They're not going to make it. <laughs> what? <laughs> if they get Harden, they're done. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. they'd have to give up yeah, Norman Powell, and yeah. that's why they'd be done. Yes, exactly. Norman Powell, the goat. No, did you see? Uh, they just said and um, Terrence Mann, maybe. Yeah. No, yeah. they. I just saw. Unless this, is, I think it was a a tweet from some reporter. Maybe it was fake, or maybe, or maybe it was debatably wrong. Was but it on said, X? Yes. <laughs> oh good. But it was they 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 did say that the Sixers requested um a Terrence Mann and two firsts. Yeah. So if that's true and they can keep Powell, who knows? But they're not going to give that. Yeah, There's they no should. way the Clippers they, 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 have, they shouldn't. They their shouldn't. team right now constructed is way the better. Clippers than don't. A team with James Harden. Well, the Clippers are going to get Harden because. No one else is bidding for him. Yeah, they also don't need The Sixers value James Harden as a top 25 player in the league, and he's not. I love Harden, though. I do, too, but he's not at that point right now. But let's keep it going. Well, honestly, guys, you know, this team drives me crazy because I believe in them. I feel like every year and then something goes wrong. Why not do it another year? I think the Clippers and the Suns yeah. will meet in the conference finals. That's what I think. Um, look, listen, I, I I talked about Boston and there being a lot of pressure for the Clippers. They, I think this might be these next few years. This is the most pressure we probably maybe have ever seen from a team. You have this new stadium or new arena on the way. You have these two guys who are on contracts that are pushing a quarter billion each, and you haven't done anything. Like, as bad as that sounds, um, 
you know, a couple playoff runs. Not to mention you have one of the best coaches in the league. Like, so I think they're due to to get to the conference finals. I think they're due to at least get to the finals. And I think they, both of those guys being where they're at in their careers, I think they understand, hey, if it's not getting done this year, it's getting done next year at the latest. So that's that's my prediction for that. And in terms of who wins, I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think I think Phoenix comes out on top. I give them six games. All right. For the Eastern Conference, we'll go rapid fire. But uh, who 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 wins the East? Yeah. Who's in the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, it's going to be what it has been three of the last four years. It's going to be Celtics Heat, and I think Celtics take it. I think we're finally getting Ooh. Boston versus LA. It's a homer pick. I'm taking that. It's been three or four years. Ooh. No Bucks. <laughs> I don't think Bucks are meant. No Bucks, Bucks lost first round this year, man. I could see the Heat doing it again. So, so wait, when, uh, follow up question: When do you think the Bucks are going home? <laughs> I think it's going to be whenever they play the Heat. That's just kind of how, how it's probably going to be. What if, wow. what if the Celtics play the Heat? Celtics playing like the Heat. Earlier. That's not what my prediction's about right now. <laughs> my prediction's just that final round. I'm not. I'm not doing the whole uh, playoff bracket here. All right. I. I also wanted to go with a um, Celtics and a non-Bucks team, but besides the Heat, I don't know if there's another team that can beat the Bucks before then. It would be a real shame if Celtics uh, Bucks is somehow a second round matchup, but I think. It's going to be Celtics-Bucks with the Celtics advancing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Interesting. I'm going to have to go Celtics-Heat. I mean, playoff Jimmy is a real different thing. He is such a – he just steps up in the playoffs, and he's amazing to watch. So, I, And I think the Heat are going to take it, honestly. They can't be – I think they're going to beat the Celtics. Playoff Jimmy's a thing, Tim. I know you're looking at <laughs> you're looking at the ground like that, but come on, man. you got to rock with the Heat. I know I have to. I'm sorry. I am going to go with Celtics-Bucks. I think that Dame's addition – adds a whole new level to the Bucks. I think that one thing that people forget about Giannis, he's not a great self-creator. Like, that's not what he does. Dame is that. He's, like, nearly the best ISO scorer in the league. And the new coach hopefully opens up the horrible endgame offenses they had. And the, the Heat got worse. And also, let's be real, they went on an insane shooting streak where they were just shooting the lights out every night. Gabe Vincent and uh, yeah. Max Struess just live in my and nightmares. I, <laughs> I just they forever will. Yeah, they I just will. I don't see any other teams beating those two. Like I don't think any of them can beat each other other than the other than the other in the East. And out of the two of them, I think when it's two teams as close in talent and as close in fit as these two, I think I'm going to take the team with the better higher end talent in the end and I think it's going to be the Bucks because I think in the end the team with the better player on it sometimes just takes it home but I think it can go either way here's All my right. uh, here's my wacky playoff prediction the Bucks and Celtics somehow end up playing each other before the conference finals the Bucks win the series and they play Cleveland Ooh. Ooh. in the conference finals I think so if and this like only he. happens only happens if they play each other and end up as the two or, or like two and three or something. If they play each other early. If not, I think it's Bucks Celtics. But I just wanted to throw out there, I think Cleveland is a team that we haven't talked at all about on this show. I like their young core. They're just getting better and better. Their biggest loss was Ricky Rubio. <laughs> and all those guys have another year. I I think that the Cavs have a shot. If those two teams and if the Celtics and Bucks play each other before. Otherwise, I think it's those two teams. I I love the Cavs and I love the idea of the Cavs, but I I'm going to remember this. It's something that like I need to like just pen in my memory that Donovan Mitchell is just a bad playoff performance. 
Homer. He see, just, but he just see, but he's still he's still young though. Like you've got a lot of guys that were considered bad playoff performers and then figure it out as things go on. Like don't yeah. don't give up on Spider yet. I don't know the the Cavs are on paper a really great roster and they're a really great regular team roster. Yeah, but they have a lot of issues, like a lot of issues construction wise that I think I can't get over, and I don't think we should forget the way the Knicks. Sons them like yeah. it was bad. Sons them. I like I think I saw the Knicks team though. That that Knicks team does yeah. have a lot of vets. Though. They also true, have a true. team that was built to beat a young Cavs team. Yes, like not like in specific, yeah. but yeah. like but that yeah, is the way that they are. Yeah, it's just I think just their half court offenses is just too tough. And I think something that kind of like besides Steph Curry, who's the obvious outlier with the way he can shoot, not many other guards can single-handedly lead a team throughout the playoffs. Like, Kyrie tried it. He couldn't do it. Harden's tried it. He got there. He was pretty close. But like, I think Kyrie can do it. It's just a matter of things being right. As the number one. As the number one? I mean... He's not going to... Yeah. We're not going to find yeah. out because no, he's not no. going to be the number one yeah. in Dallas. But Right. I mean, you could argue, though... I think you just Bron, need, Bron was think, terrific, but I mean they were one A one B that year. They won the chip. They man. were, but I think just size wise, like you need to have a bigger well, guy to carry the load. But weren't we talking about Evan Mobley and Jared Allen as DPOY guys and Ev- yeah. Mobley as a most improved player? Those are regular season awards. They are regular season <laughs> awards, but you're basing it off of one playoff run for a young team their first experience in. Golden State didn't go insane their first playoff run. All these I dynasties well, didn't it... go nuts in their first playoff run. Give them a chance. I know the Celtics with Jason Tatum at 19, and he's still 19, <laughs> went to the Eastern Conference Finals, but... Young forever. That doesn't... That doesn't. I think the Cavs still have a shot. I like the Cavs. I think the Cavs are going to be better in the playoffs this year than they are in the regular season. Like, I think the Cavs over-under is set at, like, 51 and a half. I think they're which I think that. is yeah. yeah. Which I... I don't know where I think about that, but I I think that they've got a real shot in the playoffs to do some damage if they don't have to run into the Bucks or the Celtics in the first two rounds. Because I think they can beat the Heat. I think yeah. they can beat the Knicks if they face them again. I think I don't even know who else is over there. I think they're a clear cut three. <laughs> right, but like, I if think those they're two tier below the top what, two. And I and that's why I said yeah, this only beat, happens yeah, yeah, if yeah, they play yeah, each yeah. other in the first two rounds. Otherwise, you're gonna see those two teams. I think. I think the Heat. Even though I don't like the Heat this year, I think the Heat are a team that just, coaching-wise, they can beat either the Bucks or the Celtics just because that's who they are. Yeah, Just straight dogs. Yep. They find a way. Jimmy Butler, Dark Horse MVP. Man. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, Eastern Conference. You know, I don't mean to be generic here, but I'm going Celtics-Bucks. And I think, I think the Celtics prevail. Given... Everyone being moderately healthy. Um, I, I didn't get to say this point earlier, but, you know, the Celtics, to be frank, I don't think they really need Porzingis until the playoffs. And so, you know, I, I think they're good enough right now as constructed to win 50, 60, however many games without them, still get a good seed, still be comfortable, and then have them. So, you know, I hope they're keeping that in mind. Um yeah, it's and their, it, it's their uh, inside scoring in the playoffs. That's kind of what you need. That's yeah. one of the main. Re- that's one of the big things they said after the press conference. Why they wanted Porzingis is to go. They can go inside with someone in the post. Yes, or mid range. Absolutely. So I hope they keep that in mind, and I, I I really hope he stays healthy because 
you know, as crazy as it sounds, with all of their talent, I think he could be the X factor and if they get to the finals or not within these next two years. If he's healthy, I think they have a serious shot. If not, so, yeah. I think their chances are slim. Yeah, especially because Horford is, you know, he's old and he was great last year. But at some point, it's going to go down. I don't think it'll be this year. I think he's got one year of, like, you know, a little bit less production. I think after that, a lot's going to be left to Porzingis as far as rim protection, as far as defense, and as far as being that, like, four or five who can stretch the floor as well. Shout out Grand Ledge, Michigan legend Al Horford. Facts. <laughs> okay. Um, Before we end this podcast, uh, we're going to do a quick game. Um, Everyone picks one NBA player, and we guess where they went to college. Oh, I'm all in on this. <laughs> if everybody's locked down. in. All right, so... Okay, so Nanny, we'll start with you then. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so I'm picking someone for all of you guys to guess where they yes, went to college? Yeah, okay, okay, all right. That makes more sense. And don't look it up. Oh, for everybody? Okay. Um, let's go Kyle Anderson. Ouch. I don't know why I thought of Kyle Anderson, UCLA. but Kyle Anderson. Hmm. I'm like 99% sure it's UCLA, but I'm fact-checking it. But I'm, yeah, UCLA. Oh, Yes, sir. All right, I'm I'm locked in, so AJ, let's see what we got. one point. All right, Joe does. You got one? Yeah, you guys know where Derek White went to college? Cal, Colorado. Right? Or no, Colorado's Colorado, right. Colorado. Yep. It's Colorado. Yeah. I knew it was a C. Two points. All right, um, let's go then. I am going to go with DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Washington. Murray. Washington. Yep. Yeah. Because he came out right after so, Fultz did. Before. He was before Fultz? Fultz committed thinking that him and somebody else were coming back, and they both were like, nah. We You're right. Well. DeJounte Murray league. was just sitting in San Antonio for like 95 years, yes. never being used. But that Washington team was so bad. They yeah, were they were. Awful. They were terrible. And everybody's like, why did he go to Washington? But it was because he thought he was going to be playing with Murray and, and right. another guy. Donovan Mitchell? Louisville. 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 Okay. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to give up. Zach, gonna... one point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give a hard one just for the just for the purposes of giving a hard one. Oh man, I'm gonna go with Joel Anthony. Joel Anthony. Oh, we're throwback a little bit. Um, Yikes! My mind says North Carolina. That's what I was gonna say too. But I don't think that's right. Maybe the UNLV. Mm, okay. Mm. Run Rebels. Rebels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Um, yo, that was a good one. I just I I figured that. Everyone else gave easy ones, and I was like, "Somebody's got to give." AJ, a you didn't give one here. yet. Facts, okay. Um, Joel Anthony's just the most random. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, that was I have not thought of Joel poll. Anthony in a long time. Terry Rozier. <laughs> Terry Rozier went to Louisville. He went to Louisville too <sighs> on the vacated team with. Uh, yeah, Tina. you know it's mm. funny. All I did to find some player that nobody thinks about is go to like any like early mid 2010s Detroit Pistons team. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> So shot fired. Man, you shot. know what? No, I'm kidding. That's it, it's true. Right. It's, it's true though. It is Ooh, true. I actually, I have. Who remembers? Chris can I finish? <laughs> can I finish out with a good <laughs> one? Yeah. Uh, Rodney Magruder. Oh, okay. he went wow. to. Um, oh goodness. <laughs> I know the answer to this in my head somewhere, but I'm not going to be able to pull it out right now. Not in enough time before people just sit here and awkwardly give, give listen to me. Hint. Think, yeah. Uh, Big Twelve. Did he go to Texas Tech? No. I don't think he was K State. He was K State. Kansas State. I was about to say wow. that. Oh my god! Which is cra- he's 32 years old and only in his sixth year. Yeah, that's kind of why I was just like seven at 25. Like that's crazy. <laughs> just the difference of like 
Mm-hmm. A guy who goes four years. Tatum's and, not 25. He's 19. Yeah, We've he's established 19, yeah. this already. Young forever. <laughs> Doesn't he? That's just how we need to oh end the podcast. It's just young forever. Facts. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Courtside Combo for this season. We'll be right back here. I don't know if it'll be next Wednesday, but sometime next week, most definitely. Uh, go out. Be nice to people. Take care of yourself. Thank you again, and uh, we'll catch you next week.